Many of us struggle with losing a few pounds, but imagine trying to lose 150 pounds. That is what my guest today did. Hello and welcome to Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. So excited to welcome Amy Freinberg Trufas. Thanks so much for joining us. You have an interesting story, but before we get into that, let me just read your quick bio. You are the author of the number one Amazon international bestseller, Food, Eat with Ease Every Day, Make the Life You Want, Be Happy. Who couldn't, who could argue with that? And you've also been featured on the Dr. Oz Show, Good Morning America, PBS, NBC in New York, and many publications. So glad you could join me today. Thanks so much, Amy. Thank you, Robin. It's really thrilled to be here. But let's start from the beginning, because it's always interesting to hear a person's story and to hear their background and how you got to basically where you are today. Yes. So I was the fattest kid in my class, and I would be my entire school life. I was very overweight, um, morbidly obese. And, you know, it's got built right into that term. Morbidly obese means so heavy that you're looking at a death sentence, basically, from weight. And I tried things. I mean, I was obese for decades. I tried things. I tried diets. I tried fasting. I tried shakes. I tried the cabbage soup diet. Like you name it, I tried it. It would work for a little while. I'd feel motivated. And then I realized like, I want to eat something else other than cabbage soup. This isn't going to last. I can't do it. I'd start circling the drain. I'd gain all that weight back that I lost and then some. And it was a crazy cycle for me. I topped out while I stopped weighing myself at 311 pounds. And I can tell you with certainty that I probably gained 20 more. So I'm, I'm guessing I was up around 325, but I stopped checking because it was, it was devastating to me. Sure. Yeah. Were you married? What was your lifestyle like? I was single at the time. Um, I was obese for years. So all through my high school, college, my twenties and my early thirties, obese. I am married now. Um, he married me somewhere in the 200s range. Uh, he, he's just a great guy. But, oh, that's um, wonderful. Yeah, and, and so what was it? There are so many people either watching or listening to this, thinking to themselves, boy, I would love to do that. There are many people that struggle with weight in this country. And they would think to themselves, I really would want to do that. But how do you even begin to take the first step? What inspired you? What sparked you? What sparked me was actually, um, as dramatic as it sounds, my father's deathbed words. He uh, had taken a bad fall. He was in the hospital. It looked like he was recovering, but I think he knew otherwise. And he asked, he spent time with each of us talking about what he thought was our biggest challenge in life, sort of on the down low. So we didn't really know that he was orchestrating all this. Long story short, he asked me to bring my 13-year-old son to his bedside so he could see him. And I did. And my son uh, sat on the edge of the table. My father gave him the cool handshake, the secret handshake, 90, <laughs> 91, I know. And he, he patted the bed and Levi sat down and he said, Levi, um, I don't know that I'm going to be here and see the amazing person you're going to be, but I know it's going to be wonderful. I want you just to remember me and talk to the grandpa inside you, be quiet your mind and I'll answer. But it all comes down to this. And I want you to listen to me very carefully. You got to make the life you want and be happy. And Robin, in those in that moment, the words were from my son, but it was like I was hit by a lightning bolt, like boom, you know, like you said, the, the light went on at that moment because I realized that that became my creed. I was going from that moment on, I was going to make choices that would ultimately bring me happiness. And my out of control weight had to be a part of that. So 
the million dollar question, how did you actually do it? I'm sure people are like, okay, well, there's this diet and that diet and exercise. And, but how did you actually, I, here's what I always say. Anything works if you stick with it. The hard part yeah. is doing it. We have the information that's out there. There's plenty of different eating plans. I don't even like the word diet. Eating plans that are healthy, but it's it's important to stay with it. And when you have so much weight to lose, that can feel almost like, why even bother? How am I ever going to get there? So how did you do it? Why it was different for me that time and how I actually did it was that I, I felt straight out, real talk, I didn't have a lot of self-love. I felt, and I've shared, I've shared this thought with people and it really seems to resonate. The larger I grew on the outside, the smaller I shrunk on the inside until I was like an ember of my soul. I was trapped in this gigantic meat suit is what I felt like. And I didn't want it anymore. Million dollar question, how? I knew that crash diets didn't work, fad diets didn't work, fasting didn't work, one orange a day doesn't work. I knew that I had to find something else. And all I had to do every moment, each and every moment, was make the next aligned choice. I did not know how to get to the end. And to your point, ask me to lose 150 pounds. I'll sit down and cry because I couldn't figure it out. And it was completely overwhelming and seemed, seemed undoable. I couldn't promise I could do that. What I could promise myself is I would give myself some grace to learn about food, to try to take a walk. I mean, I was really overweight and painful to um, try to learn about food, get help if I needed it. So I hired a nutritionist. She taught me about food. She helped me develop a healthy eating meal plan. And we took literally one step at a time. All I had to do in my mind, because if I start to think about, oh my God, Amy, you got to lose 150 pounds, I might have given up at any time. What I thought about every moment was, is this next choice helping me make the life I want and be happy? And every time it was a yes, I went for it. And if it was a no, I stopped and thought. And what that did was start to create momentum, you know, because I'm starting to eat well, I'm enjoying it. And because I am so passionate about food, I figured out ways to cook food that tastes like the unhealthy versions, but like really delicious. <laughs> I had to because I was, it tastes I was, like the unhealthy versions. <laughs> it does because I was like done being deprived. I was done being punished. I was done sure. being mean talk in my head. You're mm-hmm. losing, you can't do it. Don't bother. Give up. All I had to do was one choice at a time. Remember the Billie Jean video, Michael Jackson? Yes. Where every time he takes a step, the tile lights up. Oh, yes. Right. You know that's... where he's going. Mm-hmm. You've got to know one step. And that's what saved my life, one step at a time. That's incredible. And that's, I'm glad you bring up the point, saved your life, because of course it was emotionally devastating, but this was also very unhealthy for, for your life. How old were you when you first decided to start this journey and how long did it take you? I started at, um, so I lost about 40 pounds right before I met my husband. So it was in my early thirties, but I started this um, 40, 41, 42, 43 age. And that's a neighborhood when people tell you you can't lose weight over 40 or 50. And I'm here to say that's not true. You can. Of course, if you have a hormonal imbalance or something that's, you know, chemically in your body stopping you from losing weight, go see about it and go get help. But if you can commit to doing something as simple as walking and trying to really load up on healthy foods and kind of crowd out the bad foods, it's, it's completely doable to lose weight older. And I'm living proof of it. I mean, I'm now 55. I'll be 56 in a couple of weeks. 
and I'm maintaining about 150 pound weight loss. And, and, and you look and, awesome. You look fantastic. <laughs> Do you feel deprived at any time? Do you ever feel like, oh, I wish I could eat that, but I, I won't? No. And here's the thing that I learned. So I was done with being deprived. Like I had it up to here with being deprived, um, berating myself, feeling punished around food. Like I lived in all of it for decades and I was done with it. So part of this new deal with myself was if there was something that I really wanted, like I love wheat thins. I know it sounds ridiculous, but those things are like totally addictive to me. I will let myself have a couple of wheat thins and then be done with it because I feel like if you give it too much mental real estate, yes. You, you, it, and then also Robin, I don't know about you, but I will eat 50 other things to stop me from eating the one thing I wanted. I totally agree with that. And I also say, if you say to yourself, I can't have it, that's when you want it the most. We're just, that's human nature. I've talked about this many, many times with nutrition specialists and dietitians, and, and it is so true. So if you just allow yourself, but the point of that is there are some people that might get those few wheat thins or crackers or ice cream or whatever it is and not stop themselves. Right. So how did you learn to do that? How did you learn to say, I just want to take a few and I'm going to stop here because most people, once they lose it, they go off the, the deep end. We all know that. I, I got to be honest. I can't have mint chocolate chip ice cream in my house. People have heard me say this before because it will just beckon me, Robin, come meet me. And I can't do it, but I will have a chocolate chip ice cream cone at an ice cream place because it's limited. Right, I can exactly. still have it, but I won't have it in my house because I just know I can't do it. <laughs> You know, just, the, only, the only thing I'll pack on to the end of that is it, it breaks my heart when I hear people say, I really was dying. I was, I'm, 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 you know, watching what I eat all the time, but I had a craving, let's just say for a brownie and I ate the brownie and I, I felt so bad after. So the next day I went and worked out extra hard and I'm just sitting here thinking, okay, you're living a really healthy lifestyle. You had a treat. Let's be honest. It was a treat. Yes. My advice would be enjoy the heck out of that moment and that treat. Love every minute of it. Be like, oh my God, the texture is great. This tastes so delicious. Or halfway through, you're like, wow, this is sweeter than I remember. And ugh, I'm not really wanting to finish this because that's what happened to me. Like I'm not so into sweets anymore because they taste too sweet. However, so that's the first punishment. You have the thing and in hindsight, you beat yourself up about it. So it wasn't really enjoyable. I would encourage the person to enjoy it. Really stay in the moment, enjoy the thing. And then don't punish yourself for the workout tomorrow. Just go back to your normal habits. One choice at a time. I just had a brownie. And this is the answer too, to the overeating the M&Ms or the wheat thins or whatever. Okay, I just did that. I'm now going to straighten, straighten up in my head, get my mindset right. And let me just make the next right choice. I enjoyed those wheat thins. They were great. I'm good. Let me just make my next right choice. I find that for me, that next right choice thing really helped me continually align until I gave myself a little bit of space to explore food. And then what I found often was I didn't enjoy that as much as I thought I was going to. Isn't that funny? We get food is attached to so many emotions and it's so much more. I always say if we just ate when we were hungry, probably no one would be overweight because you just eat it and be done with it. But we just eat for so many other reasons. And it can be a very trying thing to change that. It can be very challenging. It's something that we learn when we're young and it's embedded into us. So to really try to break that, you have to undo a lot of what you've learned. And, and that can be really tough for people. And especially when it seems so overwhelming, when you, when you have so much to lose like that. And I love that you 
changed your relationship with food, basically. You have a healthy relationship with food now. And you're not saying that anything's off limits because, again, that's when you want it more. <laughs> so what would be your advice? If if you have someone listening right now and, and they maybe feel like they've been in your shoes or they're in your shoes right now, what do they do to take that first step? How do they get started? Yes, the first, the first step is I just want to acknowledge for myself um, and to the person out there who may be feeling this way, I did not love myself when I weighed 320 pounds, okay? I felt like I was trapped in a body and the larger I grew on the outside, the smaller my soul was getting choked out on the inside until I knew that I had to make a, a, a change for myself in order to live more aligned with what I think I'm, I'm here to be and how I show up in my life how I show up in my kid's life, the whole nine yards. So that was my why. I wanted to really align the inside, the outside of me with the inside of me. Once that was said, I knew that I didn't know a lot. I didn't know about food, nutrition. How about, how about the whole concept of just treating food as fuel? Like I will drive my car to the gas station and put high grade gas in my car and then I'll eat Cheetos. What is happening? <laughs> What right. am I doing? You know, so if you stop and remember that food is truly fuel, like we're, we're like a high functioning, beautifully made machine and we need, you know, so much of this fuel, that fuel and the other fuel in order to run properly. I think that that can help people a lot to conceptualize. I mean, we can add the good tastes in, no problem, but you want to get the basic food loops. So what would I recommend? I'd recommend meeting with a nutritionist, somebody who can help you design a plan that works for you. Um, taking into consideration your medical concerns, what your likes and dislikes are. I don't eat red meat, so she had to help me with that. And then just really lean into learning about food and how it nourishes you, because that's the number one job of food. And to your point, oh my God, food is so charged, it's social, it's 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 celebratory. Oh know? yeah, we eat when we're happy, we eat when we're sad, we eat when we're bored. There's so many emotions attached to it, and and that's probably the biggest challenge. As you said, there's a lot of information and good information. So you have to always consider the source. But if you want to learn about food, we have the internet and it it's a window to the world of information, which we didn't have, you know, many, many years ago. And we can learn about it. It's applying that information and, and putting it into our lives. And of, of course, consider the source. You always have to realize if someone's trying to sell you something or, and that could be fine that they're trying to sell something. It could be a good product. Just always consider it. And I love what you said about hiring a nutritionist or even a dietitian. There is no in my mind, there would be no better way to spend your money because that is really going to help to educate you. And it also will help you be a little bit more accountable because when you learn the information, that's one thing. Now you have to actually apply it and be accountable. How often did you meet with your nutritionist? In the beginning, and it was a whole new world to me, Robin. I did not mm -hmm. know how, how, I mean, I thought that, you know, foods with fat made me fat. I didn't know that carbohydrates actually make me fat. I didn't know this. Yeah. I think it's amazing how many of us are walking around in these bodies and there's no owner's manual for it, right? So no. you don't know how it works. Yeah, it's really I unfortunate. You know how it yeah. works. I swear to you, and I'm, I consider myself a bright person and I never bothered to, to understand pre-workout and post-workout. No idea. So when, when this woman went through everything with me, the lights went on and I said, okay, I have to do better. Plus there's a, there's a, a predispos predisposition in my family to heart disease. And I'm really glad that I did this because it's, it's, I would have been a ticking time bomb with, with Absolutely. you can't outrun genetics. So you have to do what you can to keep your body healthy. The other thing that's great about the nutritionist is most often they'll order a blood test from your doctor and then they can just see how your levels are. And you'll be amazed 
nine times out of 10, how, how well you can do with, with managing your, your levels of your blood just with diet instead of meds for the rest oh, of the Oh, I know. And so, so many, many people oh, are on so many different types of medications. And it's it really is unfortunate. And I'm glad what you said about uh, people walking around don't even realize, or there's a disconnect between eating that hoagie or pizza or cheesesteak or whatever it is, and their health and their upset stomach. And they're, they yeah. just, they know that food can make you overweight, but all the other issues that come with it as well. And it's a, it's a pet peeve of mine that I think we need to be teaching kids this Agreed. beginning in preschool. We need to be talking, and this should be a subject that's taught throughout our lives. I mean, we go through, think how many years of school, even just through high school, where it's barely mentioned. You may have one health class on it, <laughs> but it should be something, I mean, everybody eats. And what's the point of teaching people to make a lot of money or be successful in life if they're not healthy, if they're, if they're feeling, you know, terrible or sick or it's just unfortunate. And I really hope that in the future, somehow, some way, our country puts more of an emphasis on this and that we start to really educate our kids. But while we're waiting for the school system, we as parents need to be doing that and not just teaching them, but modeling it for them, showing them. Very well said. I totally agree with you. And that was a big piece of this for me. I was the fat mom in class and my son started to get picked on by the other kids. You know, you're, you got the fat mom. Uh, and I was like, I did not want the burden that I lived with for decades to suddenly impact him negatively. I also didn't want to model, to your point, really poor eating habits. Like mm -hmm. the stakes felt really high. Like, Amy, you're going to do this or you're going to end up a 400 pound person in a wheelchair. That's where I was, Robin. I was yeah. And I was in my late 20s, early 30s. Like, would I even have made it to this age? I don't know. It's, it's when you're, when you're very overweight, it's, it's easy to disconnect and want to give up, but, but I'm here to say as a person who's been through it, I'm just a regular person, um, it can be done. And it can be done as simply as just thinking about one choice at a time. And if you screwed up in your last choice, guess what? You get another chance to make it. Yes, That's I it. love I that. I feel like if we can break it down to that simple of a thing, the looming you know, amount of weight that one has to lose doesn't matter. If I, if I kept focusing on that, I would have given up. Yes, one day at a time. And they use that in Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, one day at a time. And that is true because if you just look at it like that, it's it's kind of like bite-size, <laughs> to, to use bite size, to use the word bite-size, but it's, it's bite-size information. It's bite-size goals that you have to achieve. It's not this overwhelming, journey and climbing this mountain. It's one little step at a time. And I think that's probably the best way to approach it because otherwise people would give up. And how long did it take you, Amy? It took me about four years in total to lose mm -hmm. the mass of the weight. And I did it in a, in a slow, steady learning way. And, yeah. and Robin, I have to say, honestly, this is not linear. This is not like, oh, oh yeah. I'm on a weight plan now. Everything is great. No, there were moments where I felt like, oh, my God, I'm struggling. Am I going to do this? I hit plateaus. I never knew what a plateau was where I'm doing yeah. something right. And that scale's not moving. Then you start thinking, can I do it? You know, there's that little niggling voice all the time. Can yeah. You, do it? you know, you've been fat your whole life. Can you do it? And I just kept making one step at a time. You have to feel so great today. What's your life like today? Oh, amazing. Um, you know, so I wrote the book. I've gotten, and, and the whole, I, my whole reason for being here right now, I think, 
is to help is to stretch my arm out with look behind my back and to all those people who felt the way that I did then and believe me I know what that pain feels like it feels like you're so small on the inside and you're never going to figure this out so I wrote this this book in a very easy way because I wanted to first of all be very vulnerable vulnerable about how painful it was for me both physically and emotionally to be so overweight my whole life and then that moment with my dad where like you know the skies opened up and he's like okay there is another chance. Let's try this. Let's let's try it smart then. Let's set ourselves up to be successful. Take a breath. If you screw up, it's okay. Let's keep trying, you know? And then, you know, the, the other side of it is my son told me I'm an inspiration to him. Oh, how old is he now? He's 22 and he's going to graduate from college this month. It's, oh, that's just yeah. wonderful. And you have like, to be so really proud. Like, I'm so, pr- I'm so I'm so proud because it's just, it just means everything that, that he thinks I'm doing okay, you know? I mean, what better gift to give your child than that, to show him how to live a healthy lifestyle? And he just must be just so proud of you. It's just wonderful. And I'm sure you are of him as well. Totally. Uh, yeah. yeah, I have a son in college, so I know how you feel. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's an exciting time. It yeah. is. It really is. And you're here for it you know, thank goodness, because who knows what path, what that path could have led you to. So now you're living a healthy lifestyle and you're doing well. And I'm just uh, so glad that you I shared this story. <laughs> and it wasn't horrible, right? When you tried it on. <laughs> I, bought, I bought a bathing suit. And I'm saying, I'm saying yes to a lot more things. And if, if for nothing else, I feel like my outside is letting my inside show and and yes. what, I'm, what I feel like I'm here to do is help other people and figure out ways to show up and say yes and just support people in, in being as healthy as they can be. Well, you've certainly done that today. I really appreciate your joining me. And again, the name of the book is? Food. Eat with ease every day. Make the life you want. Be happy. <laughs> and where can we get it? Amazon. All right. And what is your website, Amy? It's uh, www.amyfreinberg, which is A-M-Y-F-R-E-I-N-B-E-R-G.com. And I will put that in the show notes. Thank you so much again for joining us. I really appreciate it. It was such a great conversation. And thank you for joining me today for Living Well with Robin Stoloff. Hope to see you again next time. Until then, please stay safe and keep living well.